You're listening to the After 30 Podcast, a show about all the ways we change, the challenges we face, and the things on our mind after 30 and beyond. Anise and Tabs will make you feel seen, understood, and like you're seated at their dinner table. So come on in. beautiful. Here's your daily reminder that you are loved. You are important and you are perfect just the way you are. The way those words just made you feel, that's what it feels like to slip into an Underbrooks robe. Underbrooks is a luxury robe and loungewear brand that is proud to be female founded, Canadian made and responsibly produced in Kingston, Ontario. Their team focuses on creating unique, high quality garments using ethical, sustainable and absolutely gorgeous fabrics. When you buy your first, or second or third Onderbrook's piece, you know you're supporting a local company that values their people and our planet. Above all else, every Onderbrook's piece is designed to be a daily reminder that you are wonderfully made. For 15% off your very own Onderbrook's piece, head to onderbrooks.ca and enter promo code AFTER30 at checkout. That's O-N-D-E-R-B-R-O-E-K-S dot C-A, promo code A-F-T-E-R-3-0. Enjoy. And back to the show. Well, hello, 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 honey. Hi, hi, hi. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited about this episode, but I have mixed feelings because I'm very excited to listen to it myself for the first time because yeah. I couldn't be there. Exactly. And this is the, only the second episode we've ever done. That's right. Yeah, it's so true. You and you are the one that's done it twice, actually, where you <laughs> run a point with the guest. So thank you for doing that. We had some technical difficulties. I was at the cottage and my internet connection was shit and we didn't want to reschedule with the guest. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we had an incredible it was an incredible conversation. And today is Friday, September 10th. It's in acknowledgement and honoring tomorrow, which is Friday, which is Saturday, September 11th. Uh, commemorating 20 years after 9-11 and it's a conversation with an incredible human and I'll let Tabs intro her. Yeah so this is so cool I'm so I got to meet her really quickly so I feel good about that and (laughs) we're gonna be in Newfoundland soon so I'm gonna actually meet her for a coffee which I'm very excited about but we were so lucky to get a hold of Diane Davies and she was one of the incredible teachers that was responsible for or when Gander and Area had taken in a lot of the flights, because um, all of the flights, of course, as we all know, was gra- were grounded when 9-11 had happened. And mm-hmm. Gander and Area took a lot of those flights. And so Diane Davies was one of the teachers at the school that was responsible, because the school kind of ended up being a little bit of a, couldn't like, congrat, like a safe haven. Control. <laughs> yeah, safe haven, like a bit of a control center in that auditorium. And, and she was one of the key people that was helping coordinate that. So... Um, it was a huge mm-hmm. honor to have that. And and didn't she say that she was 38 at the time? Like, exactly. Okay. She was 38 at the 
time. And so there was about 6,600 passengers that landed in Gander during that period. And wow. there were 11 dogs, nine cats, and two endangered apes that were diverted there. My God, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it was. And, you know, the story Come From Away, absolutely inspired by this, you know, coming together of a community. And Tepta, with you. we yeah. missed you so much. But we talked about, she sort of recounts her stories. The episode has sadness, but also there is some levity because it really showcases how we can all come together in a very difficult time. You know, for sure in history beautiful so, yeah. well you guys we hope you enjoy the episode yeah enjoy it happy friday <laughs> hi diane welcome to the podcast thank you very much i'm so pleased to be here i'll leave it to you diane why don't you tell us a little bit about who who you are right now i'm a retired teacher and a grandmother but 20 years ago, my identity was that I was a French immersion teacher at Gander Academy. I just bought a house and I was completing my master's degree. And I was also one of many teachers and thousands of residents who responded on September 11th, 2001, when 38 aircraft landed in Gander unexpectedly because the airspace closed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So this is one of our very special episodes because tomorrow is September 11th. Today is Friday, September 10th. And we brought Diane onto the show in recognition of our work as Canadians and where we were placed globally in terms of when 9-11 happened. We were very much placed in, in a situation because of our geography. We had no opportunity and certainly no reason to say no to those planes coming. Any aircraft that was on the west side of the mid-Atlantic was redirected. There were planes ready to land in New York that ended up in Gander because they couldn't land in American mm -hmm. airspace. So yeah, we, we were placed in a situation and Gander was placed in a situation which for me, um, I still look back and realize that it was a gift or a blessing to be busy on those days and to help people. Mm -hmm. I remember when 9-11 happened, I was, you know, in my early 20s and I was in Boston at the time and I was an orientation leader for international students at the time. And I remember having an early morning and walking to orientation for the new students, for the freshmen. And I remember seeing all of the TVs on and it was really traumatizing to see this on TV. It was unbelievable. The shock, the shock of it all. And so the flights were all getting diverted and the FAA had shut down its airspace, right? As you said, for me, in terms of where uh, Gander is in my mind, in my mind's eye, in my mind sight, I didn't really know much about it until people started talking about it and writing about it. And the play Come From Away was inspired by your work in Gander. And that was almost 15 years later. And we often never realize the contributions that other people are making because we're so focused on the crisis itself. What is also happening is who's helping? How are we coming to aid in crisis? That's right. On September 11th, Gander was a focus because we were one of the first airstrips coming off the Atlantic. We were also focused because mm -hmm. we had very large runways, which are remnants of our airport being built around the Second World War. This was the mm -hmm. most aircraft on our runways since the Second World War. Mm -hmm. And the aircraft were sent here 
for a number of reasons. We had air traffic control. We could handle the the number of flights coming in. But it was also sent here because we were a small community and they seriously did not know who else was still aboard those aircraft. Mm. It was a shock. I was teaching mm-hmm. at Gander Academy. I was teaching grade three French immersion at the time, as is portrayed in the in the musical and in any of the documentaries. The support staff at school were on strike. Oh. Bus- Mm. Our janitors, our secretaries were all on strike. My husband was a janitor at the school. He was on strike. Oh. Because we're all on strike. What that meant for the school was that the parents had to drop off the student. And of course, they were given a schedule, but they kind of worked it around their work times and children were coming at all different times. And a little bit after 10 o'clock, a mom came down the hallway and she said, a plane hit the Twin Towers. I'm here to get my son. And Mm. two statements Mm. seemed completely unrelated. And I remember Mm. thinking two thoughts. Mm. One, what a terrible accident. And the second, because I'm saucy, I thought, I wonder why she sent him to school for an hour. (laughs) Minutes later, 10 or 15 minutes later, a second mom came down the hallway and she was very intense. And she said, Mm. the second plane just hit. I need my kids now. Oh, my gosh. And I've told this story for years. And I was years before it dawned on me that both of those women would have had some kind of a connection to air traffic control, maybe a spouse or a friend who was working there. They had fast information. And they were probably Mm. advised to get their children out of Gander, not just out of school. Oh. So that was how we heard about it. We go home for lunch, or we did go home for lunch at the time. And due to the time difference, when we came home at lunch hour and were able to finally turn on the television, first Mm. thing that we saw was Mm -hmm. the reels of the impact, but also we watched the second tower fall. Mm. And then we had to go back. Mm -hmm. children who'd been home for lunch and had heard about this or seen it on tv my students were eight years old so they were talking about the news and and so i tried to reassure them that it was far away from us and of course it's an aviation town so you know they've got parents that are air force and search and rescue and they've been to air shows you know they said madame you can refuel a plane in midair had a sense that this could come to gander as eight-year-old children So the afternoon was spent reassuring them, calming them. Mm -hmm. The same thing with coworkers. We spent a lot of time sticking our head out the door and checking the hallway to make eye contact with other teachers to see if everybody was okay, see if anyone had heard Mm -hmm. anything. Two of my colleagues, one was married to an air traffic controller, the other was married to a a RCMP police officer. So they both had Mm -hmm. cell phones. Because 20 years Mm -hmm. ago, you didn't carry a cell phone into a school. Mm-hmm. Not appropriate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we couldn't even use them as computers yeah. at that time. They were <laughs> so they were getting word that planes were on the ground. We knew that there were a lot of planes landed before we even went home at lunch. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the afternoon, one of my colleagues came and asked if I could coordinate the staff. She said, there's going to be a lot of people, but they're probably going to need food or something. And because I was on the social committee, I had coordinated staff for lots of things, whether it was a party or a response to a death in a family, or, you know, it could be a baby shower. There's lots of things that we do as a staff and it all takes communication Mm -hmm. skills. So Mm -hmm. I went to the administrator and got the staff list, told them I would be a point person for the staff if we were needed. I registered at the town of Gander, told them I'd 60 names in my pocket and I could count on half of them I was pretty sure Mm -hmm. and then we went home and and we watched it on television we ate supper in front of the tv and then we went up by the airport and 
the mm. airport has since been landscaped, which is one of the security measures that has changed since 9-11. But at the time, there mm-hmm. was a road that went perpendicular to the bottom of one of the runways. So you could drive down this road and look straight down the runway. And there was so many mm. aircraft there that from that perspective, it looked like large planes were over top of small planes from the aerial view. Mm. They just parked very, very tightly to each other. But the perception sitting in the car and looking down that runway was that they were just literally stacked on top of each other. Mm. People were still in mm. the planes. The mm. doors were open to allow them some air. Police cars were circulating on the runway. For some reason mm. in my head, I thought there was something I could do about this. My God. And when I went back to the town hall, someone came down over the stairs as I walked in and said, we need eight people to set up the high school. I said, I can do that. Okay. Two looks. They they looked at each other with the look of, yes, she can do that. We know she's capable of that. The other look was, if we don't give her a job, she's going to keep coming back because <laughs> they knew me. I used a phone at the town hall, pulled the list out of my pocket, phoned six people, picked up my stepdaughter got to the school and there were 20 of us. Oh my gosh. Everyone called a friend and said, I got a job. I got something for us to do. Because that's the thing is people were sitting there going, what can I do? There's nothing I can do. And in the rest of the world, they were hopeless and they had no, they had nothing to do. We were given tasks at hand. So that's what we did. And as we moved furniture, we started talking and initially we were moving computers and then we talked about it a bit we realized some of them might have email there was no social media so then we started Mm -hmm. leaving computers foremost in the classroom and and moving all the desks and chairs by 8 30 that evening september 11th i was back at the school when we got back to the academy there was already 100 volunteers in the school all the furniture was stacked bedding was coming in from from people's houses Food was coming in. They, they'd assigned two stations and were directing people with food. Then I went around because I knew the passwords for Gander Academy, and I wrote the usernames and passwords on all the computer monitors. Then by maybe 10 o'clock, we were all ready. Because mm. there's no public transit system in Gander, and mm-hmm. all the school bus drivers were on strike. Mm. So those guys came off strike. And they drove buses and they started moving passengers. I think around midnight, by the time the passengers were registered by the Red Cross and the Salvation Army was involved in helping, then people started coming to the schools. And we had no idea how many people were coming. Mm. And I walked a gentleman down to the gymnasium where we had gymnastic Mm -hmm. mats on the floor and they're all different heights and sizes, the things that you tumble on and things that you jump on after coming off the horse they're covered in chalk from the the gymnast during right. their, you know they're filthy 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 and these were our deluxe suites <laughs> and i offered this guy this double mat like a tumbling mat about three inches thick and yeah. he looked at me and he said you know I'm probably not going to need this. Someone else might need this more. Mm. And that was my first encounter with with one of the passengers. So oh my god! I said, look, tell you what, put your stuff on the mat, you take it. And if you see someone who needs it more, you can choose to give it up to them. So he felt that was a good compromise. Mm. It was four days later before they left. He had no idea he'd be spending four nights there. My first encounter with a the passenger was somebody who was already thinking about 
someone else. It's so beautiful the way you recount the story. I'm thinking about how quickly the news may have passed amongst the community members of Gander, right? And there was no social media. So people just got to know very quickly about a crisis and people came through. It was the magic telephone tray. It was yeah. it was the same groups yes. at the church halls who make the call for the egg sandwich when there's a funeral. Yes. And also our local media, our radio station. Okay. They were doing announcements and like they, they make a joke mm-hmm. of it in Come From Away about an announcement for toilet paper. But the toilet paper was actually mm-hmm. a request for Gander Academy and people were putting mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. packs of toilet paper and single rolls of toilet paper. And they did, a few hours later, have to make an announcement and ask people to please stop bringing toilet paper to the school. They filled a classroom. Right. They filled a classroom with toilet paper. <laughs> That's incredible. First, how old were you on September 11th, 2001? I was 37. Mm. I was mid-career. I had been teaching at the school for a little bit over 15 years. I knew the building. Okay. I knew how to use the intercom. I knew the switchboard. I knew all that yeah. stuff. And many of my colleagues were around the same age. Right. We had okay. all ages respond. And, you know, the way the, the military got involved and the beds were set up. And, oh, okay, I've watched Come From Away. When I watched it, I remember my heart becoming so full with sort of just the human capacity to give and just how we all show up. And everyone responded with something that was within their means. Right. Like I, I was able to help organize. I was able to help communicate. I did a bulletin board. That's what primary teachers right. do. I did a bulletin board. I phoned the 1-800 number. And I said, my name is Diane Davis calling from Gander Academy, Gander, Newfoundland, Canada. We are housing your passengers from Lufthansa Flight 400 and Flight 440. Do you have any information that Uh I can give to the passengers or should I give them all this number? And there'd be a hesitation. Mm -hmm. They would suddenly realize she's going to give our number to 500 people. And they would pass me to a manager (laughs) and the manager would not have any information. But I was able then to post right. on the bulletin board that I spoke to Lufthansa at 2.40. They are aware of your location. And when there is news about your flight, they will contact us. And it was the same kind mm-hmm. of thing that mm-hmm. you do with children in need at school, where you um, somebody's sick and not feeling well. And as soon as you phone home and tell them that you talk to mom, their colors start back mm-hmm. in their cheeks because they know they're going to be okay because they know mom's going yeah. to come. Yes. The other thing that we were able to do as a group of teachers, mm-hmm. there were phone lines installed in the school overnight night mm-hmm. as part of the emergency measures. So the company wow. came in, popped in four more phone lines. They're on cardboard boxes of school supplies that have yet to be unpacked. It's the 11th of September. That might've, that might've been the toilet paper. I don't yeah. know. Uh, so, a teacher assigned themselves to each phone, mm-hmm. and we had globes, books of maps, and books of flags. Right. So when people came to us, they could tell us where they wanted to call. They would write down the number, and we would go through the operator for them so we wouldn't have to get operators who were speaking their language in order to translate. Mm-hmm. We had mm-hmm. 770 people, four flights. So we had... Wow. Sabina, mm-hmm. two Lufthansa flights, and the Virgin mm-hmm. one flight. Okay. Uh, we had cardiologists from all over the world. They were on the way to mm-hmm. a national convention mm-hmm. in Washington. We had mm-hmm. people of every religion and race, all different ages. There was people in 
Vanderhood just adopted children and were afraid if they went back, they wouldn't get them out. It, mm-hmm. and, and everyone mm-hmm. did just respond with what they could do. If they could cook, they cooked. Mm-hmm. If they had a spare room, once mm-hmm. we got to know people, they started taking people home. My husband took coaxial cable out of our house, took it across the road, mm-hmm. hooked up the second television because we only had one television that had cable coverage mm-hmm. in a school with 770 people. So whatever was in your skill set, you did. It could have been uh, babysitting. Some people babysat right. other people's children so that those people could then go in and volunteer and help. Mm-hmm. It was not skill mm-hmm. that wasn't used during those days. One of the things that I was thinking about, like you said, the babysitting skill, you know, sometimes when we are at home, we don't think that we're doing enough, but holding the house is actually a form and a commitment to community service when your loved ones are out there working. So holding house, you know, taking care of the children, cooking, uh, you know, just keeping the home available so that when the person who is out in the world doing what you call, you know, the, the, the work or the volunteering, when they come back, they have a safe space to come home to as well. So there's like whatever skill you have, you can make use of it somehow or the other. And in this time, in this COVID time, we've become a multi-generational home with my stepdaughter and my grandson moved in. And and that's, you know, that's what I'm doing. I'm holding my space at home. I don't need to go out on essentially. I am vaccinated. I am masked. But I can have something on the table when she comes home. I can help babysit. The babysitter is sick one day. And my choice choices, multiple choices that I make to try and keep my community safe also keeps her safe at work. Yes. Sometimes we underestimate the power of the people who are keeping the home going. To your point, we underestimate the power of any little capacity to give. Any what you deem as little is not as little as you think. It's huge and it's actually changing the world. And one of the things that I really would that I'd love to talk to you a little bit about is the community of Gander. So there's obviously, you are now living in a historical town, a historical city. Tell me a little bit about the people of Gander and tell me maybe how you've changed as the people of Gander. What what are your thoughts on that? For myself, on the, the days after September 11th, I was very much in the bubble that was Gander Academy. I was with my colleagues, substitute teachers, retired mm. teachers, parents of students in the school. And it was very intense. I didn't get home for 70, from the time I went to work on that day until I went home to sleep was 72 hours the first time. And that was because I was ordered out of the building. Mm -hmm. And you could do that because I was Mm -hmm. running on adrenaline. I had a husband who could feed himself and I didn't have any children at home. So I could be Mm -hmm. there. If I had have taken people home, it would have still left 760 people there and it wouldn't have served the purpose of me being there. Days after, at the time, we didn't hear a whole lot of what was going on in other places. I did take one phone call from air traffic control telling me that they were going to send Mm -hmm. breakfast for 200 people the next day. Our air traffic controllers were at work, had to be at work. Nothing was flying. They were cooking breakfasts early in the morning, and then they would switch over to chili in the afternoon. So when you see that bowl of chili come out and come from away, yes, yes, shout out to the air traffic controllers in Gander. <laughs> so then we started to hear stories of groups of people that were other places, and there was mm. fun things that happened. Like, how can it be a coincidence mm. that an Irish flight? 
ends up at the Legion where there's a bar license. <laughs> we hear about the children's wish flight that ended up at a church camp and mm. people coming out and offering hay rides and canoe rides. We start hearing all these different things that happened in their own bubbles in these other community groups. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And only half of the people stayed in Gander. Yes. So the community, yes. So the community of Gambo took people out there and they stayed in a couple of different locations. Right. The community of, of Appleton and Glenwood mm-hmm. had people staying in the school and then they were eventually in everyone's homes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the community of Doris Arm, very small community, took a flight of 200 people, Delta 49. Oh, yes. And they were fed three times a day oh. at the Lions Club. They had a screech in for them. And there's a beautiful video, it's old footage, it's 20 years old, mm. of these people, all races, all styles mm-hmm. of dress, all coming out of the school as they go to board the bus to leave and making an effort to get in front of the camera that's recording them to mouth or say thank you on their way. Oh. I, oh. The board, they, they kept people in their churches and in their school and principal at the school was asked to meet with a passenger right and so he met with the passenger and they slid a business card across the table and these people were uh executives of the rockefeller foundation Mm. and they said we've basically been running our foundation out of your computer lab and you really need new computers (laughs) We did what we could do within our means. Yes, exactly. And the Rockefeller yeah. Foundation had means of putting $85,000 worth of computers into that school. Oh, my gosh. How wonderful. Yes. So I'm, I met this lovely rabbi who's represented in the Come From Away musical. I met him in London. And he told me about his experience staying in Glenwood mm. at the school, how how he set up an, a kosher kitchen, mm. all the procedures he through to make sure that everything was kosher um mm-hmm. new pots and pans mm-hmm. in order for them to be kosher wow. he either had to do ceremony with them which he was unable to do or they had to be a gift yeah. so he bought for the school and then had the school gift him back oh this so would be kosher like this 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 man was brilliant <laughs> but we talked about this huge cauldron of moose stew that was brought in he said it took two adults to carry it it was so big and it and one of the teachers explained to him that not only was this a gift from a family yeah it was the moose that they had just hunted this year and that it was from the meat that would be what would provide for their family for the next year and that they chose to give a whole lot of it to this group of people in need that, to these passengers. That story just warms my heart. Honestly, honestly, I am yeah. brought to tears every time I hear that story. And one experience that I had at the school is the vice principal came and he said, I, I need you for a few minutes. And I left the office and we went down into another office that was empty because the furniture had been moved out to be used for food. And we'd had a ballot box on the, the office desk where people could make donations because they'd been asking about making donations. He said, I've got to open this and count it and put it in the safe and I need a witness. Mm. So he opened the ballot box and he dumped it on the floor and we both started to cry. 
by then we'd had, you know, we're probably day three. I probably hadn't even slept at that point. Exactly. <laughs> and he looked at me and he said, what do we do? And like a good primary teacher, I said, we sort it by color. Yeah. <laughs> there, were, there were so many denominations of money there that we didn't know how to approach counting it. Yes. So we started <laughs> sorting it by color. And as we sorted it by color, we started recognizing figureheads on the bills. <laughs> we had franc and lira and pounds uh, British pounds and Irish pounds. We had dollars from different countries. We had American dollars, but we also had two personal checks yeah. for a thousand, a thousand dollars each. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. That's just in that one count. I'm sure there was more. After of that. course. This is how these people still stranded in Gander. This is day three. They're not even out of it yet. They don't even know when they're going home, Right. but this, how these people are trying to express their thanks, their gratitude for a little bit that we were able to do for them. I mean, I'm so moved by, um, by your story. And I just think to myself about the people of Gander specifically, and I think of how uh, welcoming, and we always put the brand of hospitable and we put the brand of kindness and, you know, like that's how we see Gander from the outer world, you know, like Gander has this brand now and we're always, oh, the people there must be very kind. The people there must be very good. And I wonder if you have anything to say about just do you think there's like something in the air, <laughs> the water you drink, or do you think it's just the way that we show up in crisis? What do you think it is? I, th I think there's a few things. <laughs> um, Gander's had an international airport. Gander was built because of an international airport. So, right. so strangers don't scare us. Mm. We were called into action very quickly. So we also didn't spend four days watching the media. Yes. Okay. We were too busy for that. Okay. So that was part of it too. And mm -hmm. there were there were five other communities that supported Gander by housing passengers, but then there were dozens of communities beyond that yeah. that supported us too. My husband's from a place called Fogel Island, the most beautiful. Oh place. my gosh, I've always wanted to go. <laughs> oh, you'll, you'll have to come, and we'll go to Fogel Island. <laughs> <Can't> um, wait, <laughs> like people in Fogel Island, they they send volunteers for the Red Cross. Oh. There's a community called Millertown that's in the central center of Newfoundland, very central. Yes. And they organized their response almost like a garbage collection. Mm -hmm. And they were told to put clean bedding mm -hmm. and non-perishable food items in boxes at the end of the driveway. Mm -hmm. And trucks went through their community picking this up and drove it four hours to Gander. My gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh. So another community of Cottlesville. Yes. A friend of mine, uh, Lindy Rideout, lives out there. And I was, he's got a, a tourist place called the Hideout. Yes. And I was asking him, I told him, you should have cod or gratin on the menu because it's in the Come From Away story. Yes. And he didn't say very much about it. And then later on, we talked <laughs> and he said, he said, I've got a cod or gratin story. <laughs> He said, we made Cotto Groton out here in Cottlesville. He said, and I was one of the guys who drove it into Gander. Like, that's an hour and a half drive to bring in food. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I said, well, that's your story. That's your story that you tell people when they come. It's And it's not to brag or to boast. No, no. Because people have this deep need to make a connection to someone who did something good who's a real person. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Their faith in humanity. So as Lindy and I got to know each other more, he also told me that on that day when he came into Gander, he didn't know what else to do. Mm. So he went around and he bought as many toothbrushes as he could find. Okay. And he passed them out to people on the street. Oh my gosh. I can't, I mean, it's just like the stories are just flooding in, aren't they? the, 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 The most basic of needs because these people got off the aircraft with only their hand luggage. Right. Nobody packed anything much in hand luggage 20 years what do we ago. Put, what do we put in our hand luggage? What, what do we put? Like nothing. Yeah, nothing. nothing. So they, they needed all of these things. Like it right. was. These know, basic necessities we don't think about. These very small things. Mm. Some some fun things happened. I mean, there was the, the guidance counselor came rushing in one day to the office and she said, Diane will do it. And, um, <laughs> of course, Diana will do it. <laughs> and they'd had two big cases of underwear come in from Walmart. Okay, okay. So Diana on the intercom and announces that you know we now have a selection of underwear, new underwear, <laughs> in various sizes at the counselor's office, and you can line up at the counselor's office, and we'll see if we can help you out. And I said, that's knickers for you, Brits. <laughs> One of the things that also you're alluding to in the in the way that everything happened in Gander is the underwear becoming available or, you know, the toothbrushes being distributed. There is an added effect of levity that comes when we are in such a deep, dark and heavy time. And, you know, I have a, I have a personal story with being in crisis. And when I listen to you tell me the stories, I think about, how people assist those in distress. And I also like when you mentioned about donating anything that you can. Thank you very much for all of this incredible takeaway. There is this thing in psychotherapy that we call narrative therapy. It's a modality and storytelling is a a huge component of it in healing. So if we were to talk to our younger selves 20 years ago, what would we say? Or if somebody were to go through a crisis, what could you offer them with all of the amount of wisdom that you have? So I think For me, also, this podcast is a form of narrative therapy because it's something that you can offer to people who are ever to listen to this. And I think like you also brought up as well, activating in times of the pandemic, there are skills that we're bringing forward of what we can do to sort of come together as a community and and bring forth change um, in whichever way we can. So thank you so, so much for that. Tomorrow is September 11th, 2021, and it is also Canada's day of service. It's a day of volunteering and day of service. And I know that for me, volunteering is a huge part of my life. When I'm volunteering, like let's say I volunteer in community kitchens or I volunteer, you know, at the bedside, it's just me. It's all I have is this body. And I find that really interesting because it's really the skill set is inside. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know. Can you speak a little bit to that? Yeah, uh, there's there's something about it's harder in COVID times, but there's something about human contact, about face to face contact, about the, the more people we talk to, the more people we know, the more connections we get, and the more that we learn. The other thing about my community that I'm really proud of is five years ago, a community group that I'm involved with, Gander Refugee Outreach wanted to sponsor Syrian families. And in order to do so, we needed to do some fundraising. Yes. And we had the money we needed to start bringing families within a month and a half because this community came forward. And this region 
it's you know it's 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 a reach and it's it's a broader area it's it's not just a parish in gander it's the a diocese of a church that is that was brought together and that again was a really giving experience from the the community but i remember my uh my syrian friends when they came they're muslim so they wear hijab and we would walk through the mall and everybody would smile Mm -hmm. and my friend said like you know everybody they all smile at you and I said no, they're smiling at you <laughs> and she was just so convinced that everybody <laughs> knew Diane Davis but I actually we had four Syrian families here before I found out that I was in a musical so I actually got them to see the musical in the hockey rink in Gander mm. I explained to the playwrights thought it would be a good way for them to learn about the community that they had come to. Ah. And the night before we went to the musical, I found out that I was a character in it. There you go. Okay, one final question before we let you go. What is your takeaway 20 years later? It is September 11th, 2021. What is your takeaway? There are two big things. I have met many people who are survivors or family members of people who were lost on that day or who were lost afterwards as a result of what happened that day. And I'm very aware mm. as September 11th approaches, mm. how intense it is for them. It's very fresh. It doesn't matter that it was 20 years ago. And I'm very mm. aware of that. The second thing is that I'm also very aware that if someone offers to do something for me, I need to do a better job of accepting and saying mm. thank you. Mm. For years, I didn't want to bother anybody. I didn't want to put anybody out. And I've realized in this experience, especially in the last five years of the come from away experience and the travel, mm. that I felt good because I was able to help people. On September 11th, on 9-11, I wrote a resume for somebody this morning I feel good when I do that. If I don't give someone the opportunity to help me, I've taken away their opportunity to have that same good feeling. And if we don't give people a chance to be kind and good, how will that how will they ever learn to do that as part of their everyday? Oh my gosh. And you know it's 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 so beautiful that you bring that up because I feel so whole when I can give. Yes. I feel so whole when I can do something small, when I can provide, uh, even if it's just an, a, a listening ear to my friends, I feel so whole, I feel so good, I feel so complete. And I think um, what you spoke about right now, about giving someone else the opportunity to feel that, there is a generosity in that too. A year later, I was teaching at Gander Academy and there was a flood in Badger, which is a community about an hour and a half from here. It was middle of winter, the water froze up in the river and there was a flood. And so being the good teacher, I brought out a book that talked about hot and cold and it had it was a really good language arts lesson in French. Anyway, partway through, I made my connection and said, this makes me think of the people in Badger. And they said, why? And I told them about it and they hadn't heard about it. And those grade three students totally hijacked my lesson. <laughs> they looked at me and they said, they said, what can we do? Mm. And I said, 
and you know, good teacher knows the teachable moment. I said, what can we do? What do you think we can do? Yeah. And their first response, because they remembered when they were in grade two, September 11th, their first response was they can come to our house and have showers. Oh. So we talked it out and talked about the fact that they were an hour and a half away and what could we do? And my husband and I ended up driving a carload of non-perishable food and uh, animal pet food oh. to uh, Grand Falls, Windsor, a couple days later to deliver oh the gosh. stuff that the eight-year-olds initiated because they'd learned it the year before with the September 11th experience. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Diane. Thank you so much for your incredible, incredible presence, for your knowledge, for your wisdom, for your capacity to give. That is the heart of the story is that small kindnesses can lead to big change oh my gosh. and and healing for people. Amazing. Thank you very much. Thanks everybody for listening and have a great weekend.